this one or? Yeah, you can use that one. Okay. Thank you. Um, it's always a challenge to know whom you are talking to. How many human medics are here? How many of you are in human medicine? Only three, four, five, six, seven? Ah, you are included, eight. How many are community developers? Wow. So this is for the experts in community development, eh? Okay. Now the last question I want to ask. How many of you are ministers of the world? Wow, now I'm encouraged. Thank you very much. So what I'm going to share today, uh, the team of us, is to do with the communities. The thing that holds all the three of us together, I am mainly a research and a, and a community developer. Basically, my original training was in veterinary medicine. So I deal a lot with the communities. Animals are not allowed in the cities of Nairobi. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have a choice but to deal with communities because the animals belong to them. And when you go out there, especially when you become a consultant, the community does not know that you are in human medicine, you are in veterinary medicine, or you are in what? You have to solve all their problems. So the other person that is with us, you have seen him before, that is Dr. Muhwidia. He's a pediatrician, so he deals with the children. And then I have, and okay, the two of us, before I talk about Lawrence, the two of us are in the board of World Vision, uh, local and uh, international. Then Lawrence there, Kigura, is a staff of World Vision. So this is a presentation of really the board, but because the national director is in a meeting just now, so he's, he's supporting and uh, giving all the answers. Actually, he's the expert in a lot of the things we are going to discuss. So he's really a community developer. So all of us in one way or the other are involved in community. When you go to a community, every community is different. What do you find is distinctive when you visit communities? I'll start with my brother here. When you visit a community, what do you discover? One of the discoveries is that uh, they know many things about themselves, their history. And that was very hard for me to know. That these communities know a lot more than I do. They know where they have come from. They know where they are going. They have traditional traditions that they have lived with. So as a community developer, 
what we are going to share with you are some of the things that we have learned in the process as you go out to the community. Initially, things have changed. I know in the vet school, in my age group, those of us who graduated in 1971, they did know something about having different disciplines being put together. We were taught you go out there, you see a sick animal, and you treat. Even at that time, we didn't think too much. You need to, to feed that animal, isn't it? So that you can extend its life. We didn't know you needed to interact with the owner. And there are systems for interacting with that owner. And even as we children of God, when we come together and we are thinking of dealing with the communities, there are different things. But World Vision deals with the poor of the poor in Kenya. So we find that in these communities, there are five strategic things that they always want help with. Most of them have no access to clean water. And you see what they are drinking. I remember one time in Somalia, we got stuck. Got stuck in this pool of water. And uh, the lady who had given a ride, for her it was a good opportunity. She just opened the door, used her hand, scooped this water, and drank. I stood there with my mouth open. I said, what? What am I seeing? Most of them need help with water. They need help with the education system that they have. They need help with the health care that they have. Some, they don't have any, especially the places I go to. <laughs> they don't know even what a nurse is. They don't know the difference between a community health worker and a doctor. That's how. You see very stunted children. You see women, pregnant. There is no clinic. They need help with these different things. Now, I have no assistant here except, can you be my assistant? So those are the things that these people need help with. And because of the conditions under which they, they live, their kids have also a tendency in going to the things that are not expected of them. Con so there is need to control alcohol and drug abuse. That is one of the things that you see here, yeah, just gone. So the other thing you have to think of, yes, we cannot talk about the whole community today. Me, there are things I'm very keen on, and I'm biased. So you'll discover that we are biased in our talk. There are these little kids. They are the ones that get into trouble. There are these women. They are the ones that get into trouble when there is anything wrong. So the only message that is in my heart and I want to say is that when you improve the structures for the community, you have improved the future of that kid. When you destroy what is already there, you have destroyed what this child needs. 
Because this kid, its growth will not wait for the change of things to come better, to become better in the society. Please, let's go on. So because of this, in the 2000, year 2000, when the UN group and so on came together to develop these Millennium Development Goals, what I want to point out to you is that the first five really are directly connected with the woman and the child. Eradicate extreme poverty and hunger. The people we deal with, they, I don't know whether they read the Bible or not. I think when I read the Bible, it is the man who is supposed to provide for the family. But in most of the places I go, the woman has to put food on the table. You see this woman, she wakes up so early in the morning, going around. She's the one to put food on the table. She has to, universal primary education. She's the one who knows whether this kid is getting education. And I'm sorry to say that even in Nairobi, I'm sure the men might disagree with me. How many of you, by the way, <laughs> do the evening study with the kids? My brother. Have you ever done the evening study with the kids? You have? Oh, I'm encouraged. There are a few, but the majority have no time. Promote gender equity and empower women. Reduce child mortality. Improve maternal health. You can see that it is beyond what we are talking about in this room. Somebody else saw there was need for this. Yes, go on, please, the next one. So when you look at what was identified, where are our African countries, the East African countries, the eight of them? Do you know these things are supposed to end 2015? This is where we are. 73 deaths in 100 live births, when we are supposed to be reaching 33. And it's only two more years to go. Is there any hope? Next. And the one for maternal mortality, that is even worse. We started at 400. We came down to 360. <laughs> that is in 2010. Is there any hope of us reaching 100? Is there any hope? Please go. So, one of the things that looking at all this and being part of it and looking at the Church of Jesus Christ that is everywhere, at least in this nation, we can see very clearly governments alone will not manage. So that is why we are sharing this message. The church, if you take your rightful position, we will get nearer there. So for World Vision, one of our major focus is to make sure these are our aspirations. And we try to fulfill them wherever we have an area development program or integrated program. That is to make sure those children are enjoying good health and that they are educated for life. When we talk of educated for life, you know you can 
teach me A, B, C, D, and I get to know it, but anything else that has to do with life is not there with me. So it is what we call total education of this child to begin to understand they are in a community, to begin to understand that their love for one another makes a difference, to begin to understand that they cannot be alone, they must work with others. And what we also think of is they should be able to experience the love of God. Here, we are not proselyting, as some people say, well, we should proselyte. No. If we go where there's a, a Muslim community, we still deal with the soup cans and help them to realize it's not just material. There must be the spiritual aspect of the life of that kid. If the child, in the process, of interacting with our staff comes to know the Lord. It's the child's choice. It's not forced to the child. And finally, we, we want to be sure that they are cared for, protected, and participating in the community's activities. Yes, most communities want to care for their children, but what we have realized, this child is not allowed to participate in most of their things. So how will this person become a real participant. And I want to give an example for most of my Indian friends I interact with. I've always wondered, whatever they do, the little kid is also there, even the shop. How many of you have not even seen the children in the shop? So the kids are participating in everything that they are doing. So that's one of the things. Can we move a little faster? And so in terms of water and sanitation, what has World Vision tried to do? In those communities, we have either gone for drilled water or helped them to access piped water or where there is rainfall, just to have tanks like what you see there and then train these children on how to collect that water and use it properly. Most of them use plastic, so they need help. You can't tell them today stop using plastics. You just need to teach them how to make sure that those plastics are clean. So far, 127 boreholes were only drilled in 2011, out of which at least 71 have, have solar, so that it at least makes it easier for them to pump the water. So alternative systems have also been introduced, and then where there are large-scale pipes, at least in seven ADPs, those have been completed. What we mean here, either they are helped to, to connect water to their own villages, or a borehole is drilled where they are, and then they pipe the water into their places. But where we talk of alternatives, I mean a large scale, these are mainly that already exist. So it's just more of connecting it to them. And then finally, they, they are trained on the quality the households, how to use that water. Please, let's move on. Um, now, when it comes to education, you know what has happened with our free education? We have, sometimes you have 50 kids, one teacher. Sometimes it's very difficult. There are two things that are there. Either some of these parents are so poor, they cannot afford uniform. So that is one of the things that the institution helps them, at least to help them with the uniform, because in this country, primary education is free. 
Then the other thing is, although theoretically, the Ministry of Education is supposed to provide books in schools. In most schools, I don't know, the headmistresses don't buy the books. So also, one has to help them with that. But although we sponsor children, but the most of the activities are for the whole community. Because you have to realize that child cannot be a speck up there. So most of the activities are for the whole community. So things like what you are seeing here, an administration block that was built, then when you put solar, you are not only helping the child, we are also helping the teachers. They can work longer and be able to train the kids and work with them. Furthermore, when, when you have a space for them, during holidays, they can also use for other activities and the school can get a little money to do other things that they want to do. But the most important thing in all this is that there's that little child, which I, I don't want to preempt what he's, he's going to say. And that's the thing that drew me to look at a child differently. If you don't take care of the little ones, then you have a problem. So what World Vision does sometimes is organize ECD camps, community reading camps. This is early child development camps. And this is very helpful, especially for the mothers when the child is able to go there, learn a few things. They get even letters. Sometimes they want their children to read for them because they can't read. So these are the things you have to recognize. Oh, please go on. And so, before I get carried away, I didn't want to diverge into what really shocked me. And I wondered where is Africa going? Please, Dr. Mohindia, just take us through that. because. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. I will speak for a few minutes um, about some of the medical realities, but specifically in the area of nutrition. Uh, you have uh, noted from Dr. Masake's uh, uh, talk that uh, it's a co concept of uh, supporting community st structures uh, that will have impact in the child's uh, growth and development and well-being, as was shown by the child well-being aspirations, uh, which have been uh, identified by World Vision. And uh, one of the critical things uh, that uh, about the child is about nutrition, and uh, Dr. Masaki later on will be talking about uh, food security and how to ensure that communities have adequate foods. And during the next few minutes, I would just like to highlight to you uh, many facts which a number of, uh, many of you know already, but it's good to point it out so that it's in the background of our mind as we uh, proceed. And this is... Uh, about focusing on nutrition or in feeding. And it says here that pregnant women need good and balanced diet. One is for themselves, but in this particular time, a, a session, we would like to focus on the child. The child's development, the, ch the effects of malnutrition, undernutrition on the child starts during pregnancy. And the one of the, um, uh, and, uh, the, so that the effects even of the child after uh, after the child is born, is, uh, uh, may start even before, uh, uh, during the uh, time the child is a fetus. 
if you'd get me the next slide. Yes, so these are some of the consequences of undernourishment. Uh, the undernourishment of the mother when pregnant may lead to premature birth of the child. And as you all know, there are num a number of complications which are associated with premature birth. One of the most, uh, 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 the most obvious is that premature children have a much higher mortality rate as well as complications related to uh, infections, in complications related to heart disease, development, etc., increase. So the risk, the, the undernutrition in the mother may increase the risk of prematurity in the child. I would take number three, brain underdevelopment, because that starts again during the time that the child is as a fetus. The, the, most, the first 1,000 days of the child's being, taking it from the time of conception, not the time of birth, at the most important, is the most important period for brain development. And uh, so, uh, so that a child who is undernourished, we'll see in a later, uh, in a later slide, may uh, suffer brain underdevelopment uh, resulting in emotional, uh, intellectual, and physical, uh, emotional and intellectual underdevelopment. Uh, we may, some of the effects which are most obvious is the severe acute malnutrition, again of which we'll see one or two uh, cases. Specific deficiencies also we shall see some cases and that again starts during the time that they, uh, before the child is, is born during pregnancies. As many of you know, uh, folate deficiency has been associated with development of spina bifida, which is quite a serious uh, malformation. Uh, and, uh, the reduced immunity uh, of the child that has been born because of undernutrition or during the lifetime of a child also uh, uh, leads to uh, a circle of uh, infection, illness, which also further uh, affects the nutritional state of the child, which further decreases immunity and exposes the child to multiple uh, infection and illnesses. If you'd go on to the next. So this is a, this is a slide that shows the, the brain development at birth and at 24 months. And the the, that shows the connections of the neurons within the brain. And you see that the increase from the time of birth to 24 months, just in two years, is tremendous. If you are thinking of this as a forest, just look at the increase. It's almost 10 times or more the development of the brain that takes part in that period. And if the child is not well nourished, then you end up with underdevelopment of the, of the brain, which has long life effects. That is, you're a child who is two years, starting off at, at school, uh, incapacitated in terms of brain development, in the, and it means then that if our population as children are not well nourished, then we cannot achieve our potential intellectually, even in later life. It means that you have people in school whose potential has already been interfered with. Uh, next slide. This is a, a, a graphic example of the brain development of a child who has had brain, uh, extreme neglect in the, on, the, on, my, on our right and the normal brain on the left. And you can see that it's almost uh, reduced by about almost 70%. And that is, that is a true picture. 
So brain development is very important. It starts before birth, and one of the, uh, the important things is the nutrition of the mother, and subsequently, particularly in the first two years of life. Uh, this is, these are two examples of the severe acute malnutrition that we mentioned, and I think that most of us are familiar with that, the marasmus and kwashiorkor. And this is now specific deficiencies that, apart from the overall malnutrition, we need to pay attention to specific deficiencies. This is a child with rickets, uh, both the two pictures. This is severe rickets, where the children have already suffered almost irreversible uh, changes. And there is need to know that the premature child is at much higher risk of developing rickets. Sometimes when we see these pictures, we say, well, these are severely neglected children. But specific deficiencies can occur even in urban areas, even in well-to-do families. So it is good to pay specific attention to nutrition. Next. Now, uh, so I would, I would like also to mention here about the vicious cycle of malnutrition. When you have an un undernourished child, their immunity is decreased, so they are more susceptible to infection. They take longer uh, to, to recover, and malnutrition further reduces their set of nutrition. So it's a vicious cycle that, we, that, uh, that leads to a lot of... Uh, uh, that, that leads to, uh, the, the, that continues to, to affect the child in various ways. So this was to impress the fact that nutrition is one of the key areas which we need to pay attention to, and it's one of the, uh, one of the uh, issues which uh, will be addressed on how this can be corrected, not, not co prevented, not corrected. Thank you. You can see why it would have been not right for me to present that part. Because that's fast. Anyway, even when I was teaching at the university, I think uh, the nervous system was my interest. The first time I saw that brain development in a child from a pregnant mother, and I said, Africa has no hope. But the church is here. There is hope. Uh, thank you. Um, what I'm going to share with you is what World Vision is doing towards addressing some of those problems in our development programs, especially focusing on issues to do with the food security. Now, one thing that we are doing is promoting the rearing of small stock with an emphasis on goats, which are dual purpose, both for meat and for milk, promoting poultry production, both for, pot, uh, both for meat and for eggs, which are nutritious. Then fish farming, because we know you need very little to do fish farming other than for the pot, there's little else that you need. And then vegetable gardens. And I'll share with you some, some of the examples that we, of what we have done. Now, one of the things that we do is the issue of promoting the, the breed of, of, of goats that we call gara goats. You realize that in areas where World Vision works, usually in those uh, semi-arid areas, whereby it may be difficult to rear uh, you know, hybrid animals like fresh and the like. So then we ask ourselves, what is it that, that we can do in these areas that allow people to access milk despite not having access to, 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 to those hybrid animals? So one of the things that we have found to be doing very well is the garagot. And the Galagot has got a lot of advantages. One, 
it has got a bigger body size compared to, to, to the indigenous goats that are normally found in those areas. Two, it, it gives some milk. Compared to the local goat, you can get up to two liters of milk in the morning, another two liters in the evening, as compared to the local goat, whereby you could probably get only one liter. And then it has got a higher market value. Actually, as we talk right now, if we are buying a, a, a gara goat, it may even go for up to 6,000 Kenya shillings. But a local gara goat, a, a, a local goat, you probably buy it for only something like, like, like 1,000, 2,000 shillings. So even one goat is in, you can sell, even get one goat, sell it, and you almost buy like two bags of maize which can feed the family for even two or three months. So there are two aspects to that the, the, the nutrition as well as the income. And you can see an example of farmer there with her goats. Where it is possible, we also go, go for other breeds, like the German Alphine, the Togenbachs, and the like. But in most cases, because we work in the Asal areas, we focus on the Gara goats. Next. The next thing that you focus on is uh, poultry. And why we do this? Because you are looking at those uh, kind of uh, livestock that the female or, or the women are able to access without necessarily having to look for permission. You know, that's normally a big issue at the household level. It's very difficult for, for a woman to get a cow and say, I'm going to sell this cow. Does that happen commonly? Huh? So we go for what we think the, the women are able to access on their own. They, they don't have to seek for permission. And some of the things that we do are like what we are doing. But we mainly focus on what is on the left. The, the free-range free type of grazing because that does, does not require a lot of investment. In fact, in most cases, what we do, we just look for the, for the good quality breeds, breeds of, of poultry, like the cannibal breed, give it, give it to the household or to a group of, to a group of, of farmers, they, then they, they use, they use th that cochlea for, 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 uh, you know, for, you know, to produce eggs, uh, to, to make the local chicken, and then use those eggs for brooding. That way, they're able to improve their stock, and with the time, you change the whole stock in, in the whole area. Next. <coughs> the other thing that we give emphasis on is vegetable gardening. And you can make use of very simple techniques like the Godian garden. Whether you are living uh, in, in a building like this one, or what you need just to have a gunia like that one, put, 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 put some stones inside and then some soil, then put your, put your vegetables. And that's enough to feed a, a, a family for, for almost a whole week. So if you have got like, like four of them, you are, you are sure of feeding the family for the whole month. And then you recycle the whole thing. And then, of course, you've got other techniques that like what we call the sun candy beds and the like, but this is just an example of what we do. We also encourage children or people to the growing of, of fruits. Because, again, in the assals, the sweetest fruits are usually from those hot areas. There is a physiological relation between the sweetness of, of fruits and the, 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 and, 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 and the, and the temperatures. The higher the temperature, the, higher, the more the sweetness. So as much as possible, we try to promote the growing of things like papayas, mangoes, and the like. And then, of course, we encourage children to be, to, 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 be, to be eating them. And you know the good thing is that some of these fruits, you don't even need permission. The children can just go to the farm and pick whatever they need. I remember even when we were children, we would go and ransack on what was growing, you know, as passion fruits and the like. And they're so easy to grow. Simple things, but they can make a lot of difference. I remember I introduced the growing of um, uh, passion fruits when I was working in Somalia, some which they thought was not possible. And I just, it was just, to me, it was just a by the way. I just carried some passion, fruit, some passion fruits with me. Then when they were there, I said, can we test these and see whether they can grow in Somalia? And we just put them in the nursery. And with the time, I gave a few seedlings to some people. 
With the time they were able to water them. These days, I'm told they actually make they, they actually make um, uh, passion juice. Using that they have they have multiplied and they have kind of filled the whole area right now. So those are things that we encourage people to do, among others. Of course, there's fish farming, but you don't have a caption on fish farming. But uh, those are just some of the examples of things that we do to try and raise the issues of malnutrition in children. Thank you. Okay. That is the whole idea of ensuring that a community has food. So what we are saying, don't only give the child food. Start when the mother is pregnant, start feeding her, making sure that the child she's carrying has the right brain development. And the other concern is, which we have not talked about, that development from zero to two years is not only of the synapses, but it's also affected by the way we handle our children. If a child, maybe I do a lot of work in Somalia, maybe that's why I'm concerned. If a child every time looks at mom, there is what? Stress. That's the stimuli that the child gets, there is stress. If the child looks at mom and she sees a good, comfortable look, she knows, or he knows, that's the right place. So apart from food, we also want to look at the social aspect of it. And to do that, you need to get the community to believe that God has given them the same abilities like everybody else, and they can make that difference. And as that difference comes, there is hope for Africa. As that difference comes, when our children grow up, they are not thinking of only picking the gun to collect additional food. They know they can. And one of the things Lawrence didn't tell you is that some of those families who had nothing that were given gala goats are not even selling milk and they have money. They have started opening little accounts. They are fending for themselves. And what does that say to the Church of Jesus Christ? That we are able to look at our fellow humanity and say we are all made in the image of God. We can make a difference. You and I, wherever you are, whether in medical or in, in community development or in the church. And I tell you, the church, especially in Kenya, has great potential. You are everywhere. Everywhere. By the way, even those northern countries, the Catholic church has the biggest institutions. So we have an opportunity. So remember, inadequate food for the pregnant woman and infant leads to irreparable damage. You don't have a choice but to do it. And I want you to change your mind as World Vision has changed its mind in the last few years. Before we got all the research on the fetuses, 
We used to start looking after kids from 5 to 14 years. Can you believe you are picking up a child that is already what? My brother, what has happened? It's already damaged. And then we go and blame the teacher. Hey, you are not doing a good job. But nobody is asking you, did you feed this kid properly? When I was a kid, there was those who were given meat, and we the children, what? <laughs> who are given soup? Ah, that is for the children. Can we help our communities to change their minds? Uh, this kid needs more food even than the, the father who is protected in every way. The other thing I want to say that uh, the Bible is very clear. I just want to read a verse that is intended for, for mainly working children. But it helps me to remember too that as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, it makes sense to me too. I know I'll relieve people know this one very well. It is James chapter 1, verse 27. It says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. To look after orphans and widows. Unfortunately, it's not just orphans and all. There are a lot of vulnerable people around us and we can do something. I believe it, we can, and we should be able to do it. Sorry that we have hurried through it because we want to give you time to ask questions. Ask as many questions as you feel like. Thank you.